the Mind Your Own Karma podcast, and I'm your host, Melissa. I have a little bit of something different for you today. I have an interview with a fellow podcaster. Um, Her name is Cheryl Ann. She has become a great resource to me and uh, someone that I can rely on to give me feedback and just become a really good friend. Cheryl Ann is a transformational coach and the host of the podcast, Becoming Lauren, Embracing the Goddess Within. Cheryl Ann likes to inspire women to break free of the molds created through years of societal conditioning and generational programming. And we'll get into exactly what that means in the interview. Her vision for her clients and her podcast listeners is to help them learn to love themselves into happier and more fulfilled lives. And I've included um, in the links below and in the episode notes, if you'd like to find her podcast and social media information. Her Facebook group is called Calling All Goddesses, so you can find her there as well. So sit back and relax. And without further ado, here is my interview with Cheryl Ann. Hi, Cheryl Ann. Hi. (laughs) So it's interesting because, like I said in the intro, your podcast is called Becoming Lauren. But Lauren is not your name. <laughs> I so, know. You have like a multiple personality thing going on. Right. <laughs> you know what? You're not alone in that. I, I've gotten that a lot, actually. That's a lot of strange looks over it. Like, what? Who? What? What do you? Lauren. So basically, Lauren is my inner goddess. Um, Lauren is, uh, she speaks her truth. She has boundaries. She isn't a marshmallow. So I was always a marshmallow. I've grown up as a marshmallow. And, uh, and then the, my inner goddess, Lauren started showing up and I've, I'm embracing Lauren now, actually more than Cheryl Ann. To me, it's really funny. I associate my, okay, let's just be honest. I don't really, I never liked my name anyway. So I was adopted in my name when I was born, uh, my mother, because she wasn't keeping me, she didn't like the name, but she named me after her sister who's lovely. Uh-huh. And she goes by Rose, but she called me Rosemary. And uh-huh. then my adoptive parents called me Cheryl Ann, but okay. then they only ever called me Cheryl. Most of my life, Cheryl felt very harsh. Uh-huh. I don't know why. And uh-huh. then when I got married, um, at a young age, I got married and I decided to change like to go by my full name. So uh, Cheryl, it's hyphenated, Cheryl hyphen Ann. And I decided to go by Cheryl Ann because it worked better with my married name. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I could, Cheryl Ann was softer. Okay. So I'm like us there. Cheryl Ann is softer than Cheryl to me. Um, And, but you know what? I was soft. I was really soft. I was a marshmallow, like I said, uh, self-proclaimed. And now I, um, I associate or resonate more with Lauren. Lauren to me is just like strong and powerful and sexy and all of the things that I always aspired to be. Um, so it's kind of a bit of a confusing thing, but I'll tell you, if I could change my name, if it wasn't so much blooming, <laughs> right. uh, cause you're, I mean, at my age, my whole life is wrapped up in the name, in my name, it's on everything. Yeah. I would, uh, I would change my name, but it's probably not going to happen. So my podcast is called Becoming Lauren. So are you Lauren or is there still parts that are Cheryl Ann? Like, absolutely. Yes. You know what? I, I am a work in progress for sure. Um, I'm constantly evolving, but I'm, I'm also doing the work. I'm, I'm much more aware of uh, being authentic and unapologetic for who I am and who I want to be and how I want to show up in the world. I'm right. Yeah. Cheryl Ann is a, is a smaller version and it's weird because I'm still Cheryl Ann. So it's like, but you know what, at some point they're going to integrate and because I'm probably (laughs) never going to be able to be called Lauren, because honestly, I just, it's just so much work. Um, (laughs) I'll probably always just stay Cheryl Ann and then Cheryl Ann, the, the Lauren will just be a who Cheryl Ann is, right? So right. yeah, it's kind of, it's not a split persona, but yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing. And it's, it's weird how it all came to me, but I'm just going with it. <laughs> so talk a little bit about um, societal conditioning and general generational programming. Um, and what is that? Cause this is kind of what you're talking about um, at your podcast. And I don't know if a lot of people know what 
that means. Okay. So basically societal, um, the societal pressures and uh, conditioning would be stuff like, you know, growing up and they're changing the narrative now, but I, the t- in the period that I grew up, um, it was, you know what, you need to lose weight. You need to look younger. Um, you don't look good just as you are. Hate yourself and buy our stuff. That's programming, <laughs> right? And it's all, it's all designed just to make you find fault with yourself. I right. never knew I had, you know, needed to shave the hair on my face that I bought through <laughs> menopause until somebody someone said told it. me. I didn't even know it was there, right? So they show you the problems with yourself. So you go, oh no, I have oh, to that's fix a problem. That. <laughs> yeah. And then of course that's money in somebody's pocket somewhere. So right. I think the societal, and I mean there's also the, uh, you know, if you belong to the church, there's the, you must do this. You must not do that. That sort of pressure, um, to be not be yourself basically conform. So that's a societal, but you know what generate generational is your parents, your, um, your parents, parents, what's been passed down, right. the beliefs that have been passed down from generation to generation, they don't often change. Right. I mean, they can change if you choose to, and I have chosen to over time. But when I was young, you know, my father, because his uncle lost an arm in the war, um, has a hate on for the Japanese. And I'm like, so, yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how that flows. You, you end up, hating the Japanese and you don't even know why because your why? father hates the Japanese and because your father is somebody you look to for approval and love, you just conform right into that. We don't think about where that belief came until you get older. Right. Some people never do. I right. did. I have chosen to. I mean, I always knew in the back of my head, well, that doesn't seem right, but you know what? Okay, well, I guess I'll just go with it because there's no use arguing. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say anyway. Back then. <laughs> back then right. the way it was right so right. basically um familial beliefs they're instilled in us at a very young age before we're even old enough to challenge them and yeah. then they're enforced either through punishment or removal of love or approval which feels like the removal of love so right. that's one of the things that i think and i think you think too needs to change is parents need to let their children give them permission to have exploration yes, and become absolutely. themselves and, you know, check in with them, not mold, not mold them into a certain person or who they want them to be. Exactly. Um, let them have that freedom to like choose some things that even when you're little, you know, yeah. start there. Give so. them choice and let, let their voices be heard. Right. And I think, yeah, when I grew up, it was uh, no children are, should be seen and not heard. And yeah. you do as you're told and keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. That's yeah. what, that's what permission to be like, well, you know, I like this pizza, but what pizza do you like? You know, yes. they don't have to like the same pizza, just like stuff like that, you know, yes. little choices to, to let them know that it's okay that they don't have to be like, just like me, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Start it young. You know what? So how too. did you, or when did you recognize that you were living under, you know, these conditions? Oh, you know what? I, I knew, I knew at a young age, but it didn't, it wasn't helpful to know at that time because I didn't feel like I could do anything about it. So mm. I, I think I always, it, there's a phrase raged against the machine. Yeah. That was me. I feel like I always did. Um, but I, because I was conditioned and programmed to act, speak, whatever, a certain way in order to be accepted and liked, I carried that into adulthood. Um, I conformed because it was easier. Uh, I conformed because when you stand out, then people talk about you. And I didn't want to be talked about. I just wanted to be liked. And I think that when you don't feel loved for yourself when you're a child, um, you're much more susceptible to becoming something other than yourself to please other people because you're always looking for that love and acceptance. Right. So I did that for a long time. So when time. you say it was easier, was it easier or like, I mean. Oh, it wasn't easier. Yeah. It, it was easier. It was, it made things easier 
for everyone it but seemed me. easier <laughs> but it well it made it for it, it wasn't easy for me but yes. it made things easier for everybody else, everybody else which gave me my payoff obviously was that I felt loved and accepted and not right. talked about and and humiliated by other people um uh-huh. so it's, as long as I conformed it worked but not for me not right. inside and yeah I I think I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if it's a matter of, you know, when you get older, you start not caring as much what other people think. And I don't, I don't know, honestly, because I, it was in my early thirties that I just finally said, I'm done with um, not being myself and pleasing everybody else. And, and I just don't even I don't even like life anymore because it's, I'm not living for me. I'm living for everybody else. I don't, I haven't figured out this yet. And maybe that might be an idea for the future is, is this, have you ever heard of the red hat society? Yes. Okay. So in my, when I was young and I heard about the red hat society, for me, it was these women who wore red hats and purple jackets. I don't know where that came from, (laughs) but in my mind, it was like these, they didn't care. They wore stuff that didn't match. I'm a pretty matchy matchy person generally. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wore stuff that didn't match. And that's because they didn't care anymore what anybody thought. <laughs> I didn't and think about that. <laughs> that's what, uh, that's what I always thought from when I was a kid that, so maybe when you get older, that's yes. when you're allowed not to care what anybody thinks. And have your own opinion at that point. Right. <laughs> I'm allowed. I'm allowed when I get old because maybe because again, this goes back to the societal um, pressures that you know what? After I'm, I cannot stop the clock on my aging anymore, right? Yeah. Then at that point, while well, there's no use in trying anymore, now I can just be me because. I'm not going to impress anybody with all my wrinkles and bags and sags and lumps and bumps. It does. It doesn't matter anymore. So if I miss nobody's, over. <laughs> yeah, nobody's well, not that it's over, but nobody's noticing me anymore anyway. Yeah. So now I can just do what I want. And mm-hmm. I think part of me is still working on that. Like where I know I came to a point. Um, I was in a, I had a friendship from a, a young age, like really young, impressionable age. And because I was used to, um, just letting anybody do whatever they wanted to me because I was conditioned and programmed to mm-hmm. accept whatever was handed to me. I had a friend and she was really mean to me and I didn't like it, but I just accepted it because we were friends and I guess that's what I was used to. And maybe that's all I felt I deserved at that point. I don't even mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. but all my friends would be like, why do you hang out with her? She's so mean and she's such a witch. Um, <laughs> and I would be like, well, but you don't know her. You know what? I was always giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. Um, and then something happened. And uh, this was, I guess, thir- I was 32. And she, I, I spoke up. I actually said what I had always shoved back in like oh, wow. what come up and I'd, I'd just be and want to say it <laughs> and I wouldn't because that means people remove love from you they they yep. they walk away from you when you yeah. you speak your truth so I spoke my truth and it didn't go well she didn't like it and <laughs> so she punished me in a by by leaving and uh leaving the situation that we were in we were in a coffee shop at this time and I was like, well, I'll be damned if I'm going after her. I'm, you know what? I finally spoke my truth and I'm just going to, she's going to have to sit with that. She'll be back. That's right. Well, she never came back. Really? She never, yeah. She never came back. And then I had to go find her. Cause now of course my, um, people pleasing and uh, caretaking side kicked in. Right. I was worried something might happen to her. Cause this was after we were at a nightclub and it was late at night. Oh, okay. uh, so I'm thinking, oh, well, where is she? I can't find her. Yeah, yeah. I spent hours looking for her. And then when I finally found her after she made me, she didn't make me, let me, let me change that. Nobody can make <laughs> me do anything anymore. Right. I chose to spend hours and hours and hours looking for her. And when I finally found out that she was safe all that time, I was really angry. <laughs> and the fact that the fact that she had done something to me and because I spoke up for myself, she punished me. Yeah. I think that was my, the moment that I cracked right open and I said, that's it. <laughs> 
I'm not doing this anymore. I was so, I, I was just like funny because like we um, don't set up boundaries and we let people do things and say things and act a certain way that actually isn't resonating with us. Um, but we allow it and then we get mad because we feel taken advantage of. Yes. When really yes. it's our fault for not putting up the boundary in the first right. place. Now we've been used forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> or, what we did or to you ourselves. Accept that reciprocation from that person and you're not going to get it. You you have these preconceived of how it's supposed to go and it doesn't go that way. And then you're mad at mm -hmm. them, but really you should be mad at yourself. <laughs> you know what? And that's a whole nother, I'm sure yeah. we could talk for a whole nother three episodes about that. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a big. Don't do anything for anybody unless you're doing it freely. Don't do it if you have expectations because right. you will always, always be disappointed. Absolutely. And that just does not always end well. <laughs> and, and you, and what you mentioned too makes sense. It's accountability. We have to take accountability for our choices. I chose to allow her to, you know, treat me so badly for so many years. And I, so, I mean, I did what so was that the thing that kind of turned you around? Was that? Yeah. I mean, there had been a couple of things leading up to that as I yeah. got older, um, right. some things leading up to that, but, you know, I, I think if I were to say the defining moment for me was to, walk away from an 18 year friendship and say, you know what, I'd rather be alone than let you treat me that way anymore. I'm yeah. so done. I can't even tell you. And the funny thing was it didn't stop there. It didn't stop just with her. It was kind of like, because it was such a pivotal moment. It was that moment when I, you know, challenged my mother too. Mm. And that was a big thing because my mother was used yeah. to um, controlling me. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. With, with always the fear of removing, removing love and approval. Um, if you, if you do this, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And, and so the one day that I decided she said something, I can't remember what it was. And I had already told her about walking away from my friendship. Uh -huh. And my mother didn't, didn't put two and two together that I could walk away from her just as easy. <laughs> right. She didn't put it together. Right. And she said, um, she said something to me and I was like, well, now that I think once the lock came off my throat, things your, just started coming out open. <laughs> yeah. Here, have this truth. And how about this truth? What do you think of this one? So I said something and she didn't like it at all. So she lashed back and said, well, it's no wonder you don't have any friends. And oh, yeah. so she, she didn't like when I, when I became myself. Uh, when I started speaking my truth and setting my boundaries, she didn't like it. But you know what? The difference is that I think some people will, they won't like it at first because they're used to things being a certain way. And most yeah. people don't like change, but if they love you, if they truly love you, not just because of what you do for them, how you make them feel when you've been people pleasing them for all these years, then you, um, they will grow with you. They will yeah. grow they will grow into the new you and they'll just, and it's happened actually with my husband too. So the timing is kind of funny because I got into a relationship right around the time that I dropped that relationship, my, my friendship, 18 year friendship with my friend. Oh, okay. Huh? I met my husband to be, mm -hmm. and he, of course, the timing, it makes so much sense because that's what I, um, who I was inside still even at that point. Cause I met him before I actually stopped being friends with her, but not long before. So uh -huh. because I had not yet become myself and a lot and didn't love myself. I didn't know myself at uh -huh. that point. Um, I attracted to me the person that was just like everybody else had been in my life. Oh, wow. So he was not any better than my friend, really. He just, yeah. he was just charming and, you know, had some great bedside manner where she, you know right. what I mean? Like, so yeah, I, I fell into now at that, just before I, my relationship ended with her, I ended up in a relationship with him and we had a lot of struggles, mm. but it wasn't a, a sudden thing. So two years, what, uh, 
three, four months after I stopped being friends, I stopped my friendship with her. Um, I started really growing into this new me. Um, but I'd never tried it in, in a relationship with, right. a, with a, a, you know, a partner. Yeah. So it took a lot of years to unfold, unfortunately, a lot more than I wanted, but now, you know what, he's grown. And yeah, at the beginning I was, I kind of fell into old habits cause they were so new. I hadn't right. really developed yeah. them all yet. And I fell into this yeah. and then it wasn't a part of you yet. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And then over the years. So he also, I trained him in a way to beat me up and, and, and tell me what to do and boss me around and whatever, not yeah. me very nicely sometimes. So it, I've spent a lot of years kind of untraining him of that. Right. And, but you know what? He's rolling with the punches. So I'm kind of happy with that, <laughs> but he's actually rolling with the punches and not said, well, you're not the woman that, you know, I thought you were. And I, I liked no, being able I'm to use it. <laughs> so yeah, we're still together and we're still, we're still growing. Still growing. Yeah. Still growing. So what did your transformation look like then? What did, what did you do? You know what? Honestly, I had no clue. Nothing had ever been modeled for me. I, I never knew anything about the self-help, motivational, inspirational, you know, all the people that had um, been sharing this message. I didn't even know who they were. Yeah. Um, but again, once you make a decision, I think things just start appearing. Um, yeah. You know, I stepped off the ledge, not knowing, you know, what was going to happen, but then somebody actually, a friend gave me a book for my birthday. And I remember looking at the book going like, what the, what, what, what is that? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I just thought it might be interesting to you. Yeah. And it wasn't anything I would normally read. I, I read romance novels. That's what I really like. Like <laughs> the fairy tale ending, right? Anyway. Um, so this was a, a, a nonfiction book. And I was like, whoa, okay, well, you know what? Let's just read it and see. Yeah. I read both of the books in a weekend, like, like hardcover books. I read them both in a weekend and my journey began. And I basically went, so what was the book about? Was it, well, you know, what's funny. Like, the book was not really self-help or motivational. It was the first one was, um, uh, Sylvia Brown, uh-huh. um, who's a medium Right. was back in the day. I think she's passed now. Yeah. That's a lot of years ago. Um, and John Edwards. So okay. they were both, they were both about mediums, but I think it opened open. That was my first, it was like the door just cracked on spirituality. Yeah. Because yeah. before that, I mean, I was my parent, my father never went to church, never spoke about anything like that. My mother, um, for a little while, she went to a church because the neighbors, her friend that she worked with went. So I started going to, and then when my mom stopped, I kept going and it was a Baptist church. Uh-huh. And, uh, I don't, I didn't know anything about Baptists, but I learned pretty quickly that they're very, they have a lot of rules <laughs> and I didn't agree. It, it took a little while, but when I started seeing leaders of the church, saying things. And I mean, I didn't know we were going to get into religion here, but when they just started saying some things that I didn't feel didn't resonate. No, the, in fact, it was totally the opposite. I was really like, what? Yeah. I totally yeah. don't believe that. Then. So I, I left, I just stopped going. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I mean, I went, I went to another church one time and I really enjoyed it. And that was more of a United anybody can come. They weren't they didn't talk about rules or anything. Like, I mean, it wasn't so entrenched in it. I would just yeah. go for a service here and there and it felt good. It felt good yeah. to my soul, right? Right. So these books in this weekend, they cracked open this like, what the, there's a whole nother what, right? Yeah. And so I went to the library and basically I signed out over a period of time, probably a decade, every single piece. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Every single book, audio CD, anything that I could find on self-help and motivational self-development. Mm -hmm. I went through every one of them. Wow. And then I found Reiki. Uh, I just found a person was talking to me about, it and I'm like, what's that? So I just kind of 
everything kind of snowballed. So then I, I went through, uh, and became a Reiki master. Then I started learning about, um, EFT. So, uh, emotional freedom tapping and NLP. Uh, Yeah. I just, I just started to everything and, um, yeah. And now here I am, (laughs) I'm like, I have so much to share because of that journey. Right. And coming from where I was and to, to becoming Lauren, Right. Do you do Reiki? Like, do you, is that like something that you charge people for? No, I used to, I used to, in fact, you know what, when I went through my Reiki, um, courses and training, I did it just for myself for a while. I did it. Um, you know, I I was a practitioner for a while, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but I talk a lot and (laughs) really, the really funny thing is that I asked my um higher self my soul team whatever I asked because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do but I knew that for some reason yes you know what I felt like I was it was a great service to be able to offer Reiki mm-hmm. but maybe because I wasn't talking it it was like well this is kind of like not really where I want to be so <laughs> as I've been as I've been working on finding my passion in life I I sat with myself and I asked myself myself self yeah, my big self. <laughs> um, <laughs> who do you, or what is your gift? What is your gift? What are you here mm-hmm. to do? And yes. the, the answer was very simple. It was mouth. Your mouth is your gift. <laughs> and I, I'm like, okay, well, hopefully you mean talking, not eating. So let's, you know what? I, I've just decided that maybe that's why the Reiki practitioner didn't really suit me because you don't talk during Reiki. Right. you don't don't talk so (laughs) so we talked a little bit about you lost some people during you know this whole transformation um how do you feel about that I mean um was that painful was that did it feel like you know you were shedding you know and it was okay um you know because sometimes it's family members that you have to maybe let go or you know and it might be just for a season but sometimes that that happens so how did that, what, how was that for you? You know, what about losing people when you're becoming yourself? I've really honestly, um, not lost very many people. I consider myself very lucky that, I mean, my mom, I thought for sure that my mom was going to be the big, my, I mean, I'm not going to get into it. Like the laundry list of crap that, you know, we had in our relationship, but um, I thought for sure she was going to be like, well, if you're going to be that way, then I'm not blah, blah. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. And so I did lose that 18 year friendship, but you know what? It's funny because she reached out to me after that, um, quite a while after that and tried to open the door. And oh, really? the funny thing was I would have none of it. I wanted none. Whereas before I would be like, oh, okay, you know what? I'd feel bad if I said no, because that's mm-hmm. the marshmallow I was. I think because there were so many years where uh, maybe she could have changed or grown or what, and she didn't. And that, that was a lot of crap that I didn't want to, I yeah. didn't have to work. I'm working on myself. I don't right. know, you know, work on that with you too. And that's a whole nother thing, but yeah, but so maybe was, she, maybe through what you did, maybe, hopefully she right. it in that and made some changes and <laughs> that doesn't mean you have to, you know, come back and be her friend, but right. hopefully that, that happened. You, you know, know what? You're right. That might, have been that, gift, maybe. that might've been a catalyst for her as well. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, as I grow and change and stuff, you know what I'm, if that happened now, the way I am now, and she reached out to me, I am in a much different place now. And I'm a much different person. And I do have boundaries and mm-hmm. I do speak my truth and I don't let people abuse me. I love myself more than that now. Um, so I would easily be able to see and say, okay, well, you know what I thought maybe, but really that feels like a whole nother person to go me. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't even relate even remotely to that person that I was. So oh, yeah. I, I honestly feel really lucky that I haven't lost a lot of people. Although I will say that more recently I have, I have created some pretty strong boundaries for people that were literally um, draining and mm. 
and I realized that I had allowed them to because yeah. of a friendship, a longstanding friendship. I had allowed them to, even though I didn't like it. And finally I said, well, I'm not being true to myself. So I told them, no, I don't, you know what? Casual, whatever. Isn't working for me. Yeah, it's not really <laughs> working. And you know what? She kind of just rolled with that. The only other one that I lost was uh, actually my brother, which is funny because I know a lot of people feel like, you know what? Blood is thicker than water and family is everything. And you can never walk away from family. Well, mm. I tell you that that's absolutely not true. Yeah. Um, I, I let go of my adopted brother. My parents adopted three children. I was the middle one and I had an, I have a younger brother and an older brother and we were all adopted. Uh-huh. And my older brother um, is not somebody I want in my life. And I made that decision after my mother passed away because my mother mm. had so much control before then. And we were all, yeah. and as soon as she, it kind of like broke open there yeah. too, where I could say, okay, now I don't have to, right. But I'm also learning have tos and should tos are shoulds aren't the way I want to live either. So. <laughs> so if you could go back in time and talk to yourself as a child or even as a teenager, what would you say? You know what, what's really, really cool about that question is that I actually, I don't know if you've heard of reparenting. It's, it's quite a, I think I have, but go ahead and explain. It's becoming a more common term now. Um, and so there's this thing called, uh, RTT. So rapid transformational therapy. Uh So I went through, uh, a session and part of what we went through was me actually vis- a visualization technique technique of me going back and actually talking to myself and, mm. and reparenting myself so it was really cool because if you would ask me the question that question before I had done that I would have been like oh I don't know don't put up with that crap or something you know whatever <laughs> um you know what we, we say, you know, the stuff that normal people, not normal, I'm normal, but you know what I mean? No, yeah. I'm not normal. I'm, I'm crazy. Anyway, um, <laughs> what I would say to myself is what I did in that session, which was, you know what? You didn't deserve to be treated that way. You mm-hmm. are lovable. You've always been lovable. Um, and you're worthy. Yeah. And, and you are okay. Just the way you are. You don't need to be any different for anybody. I think, you know what, when I, when I went back and I, I actually told myself that in that visualization technique, oh my goodness. I, by telling myself that, listen, man, I've got you, you know what? Nobody's going to hurt you while I'm around. Right. You don't have to live there anymore. You don't have to hurt anymore because I've got you and look where I am now. We're all good. See, look at my, look at what I've got here. We're all good. So yeah. you're lovable, you're worthy, and you always, always were, and you didn't deserve the crap that was heaped on you. And you don't have to, you don't have to suffer anymore. That's, that's, yeah. that was really deep. I'm sorry. <laughs> I kind of went really deep with that one, but you know, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would tell my little Cheryl Ann. Little Cheryl Ann. Yeah. So yeah, I think, you know, nowadays parents are parenting differently and allowing kids to um, kind of express themselves more at earlier ages and stuff. And I wish that I would have done that, you know, with my kids or someone would have told me. So I hope that having these conversations, um, you know, inspires some of that in some parents with these younger kids and, you know, do letting them do those things when they're young, instead of, you know, kind of controlling everything. And then you send them out into the world and they have no idea how to adult. Absolutely. (laughs) And now you're going to make bigger mistakes than if you would have let them do it, you know, in the safety and the safety net of having you around and, you know, then that it's just, um, I think that's so, so big teaching kids mindfulness, teaching them to live in the moment, you know, letting them have a voice, telling them what you told little Cheryl Ann, you know, that you matter, your voice matters, you know, your feelings matter, all that stuff. How to do boundaries, you know, and all that is just so important. You, you teach that at a young age and it just becomes routine, you know, just like a part of 
them and that's just so gotta I start young so- gotta start young because the thing is as soon as if you don't introduce that right away if that's not your way of being it's a little more it's work to get difficult. them to accept it right but yeah. you know what there's it's never too late to start it really right. it's never too late to start better better late than never um but yeah imagine just imagine what the world would be I know. If we could get them get it right from the beginning like get them yeah. from instead of conditioning and programming them to yeah. be little little us's walking around right yeah, what a, what a gift that would be to the world and it, somebody's going to i don't know have a program about that <laughs> maybe it is <laughs> you know what that's a great conversation to have for sure well i enjoyed having you today thank you thanks for having me and i know we're going to be doing this probably a few more times with other subjects so it would be so fun to have you back on at some point thank you So much fun interviewing Cheryl Ann, and I'm sure I will have her back on because there's so many other subjects that we um, kind of want to talk about together. But I do want to go back and talk a little bit about generational conditioning. There's just so many different facets of our lives that generational conditioning can affect. So things just like traditional traditions that we have in the family, cultural, racial, economic, societal, educational, and um, obviously religious beliefs are a big one. And I think it's always a good thing to kind of um, analyze that for ourselves. And, you know, it kind of becomes a robotic thing that this generation did it. My parents did it. I'm doing it. I'm passing it to my kids. And It's something that we really do need to examine and see if those things actually fit us. And it can even change over time. And as a child, as we were saying, I don't think that we kind of realize that some of these things have been kind of ingrained in us. And as you get older, that you need to see if that label, that tradition or belief actually fits you. So analyzing for ourselves those things and seeing if those are really serving us and if those things are something that we still believe or want to believe. And the other thing that I think is just so, so important is to check in with our kids. And as I said last week in the podcast, is your child able to be authentic to you? Do they feel safe revealing who they are to you? Do they feel safe that there's going to be no judgment there and that whatever they say to you isn't going to change your love for them. As a parent, I think that if your child is happy, healthy, and self-sufficient and not hurting another person in what they're doing or what they're believing, then I think you should just be happy for them and accept them for the way they are. So what generational conditioning are you handing down to the generations that you are raising and the generations that you are influencing? And as Cheryl Ann said in her interview that someone in her family didn't like Japanese people because that was something that had been handed down. And A lot of times I think that we feel like we need to hold that torch for the generations even that had come before us. And just like Cheryl Ann's story, some of this generational conditioning can be hurtful and racist. And those are definitely things that need to be looked at and eradicated. And I see this quite a bit in just people that I've been meeting even recently, this exact subject. And my feeling on it is I feel like this is a place where a lot of people get stuck because they feel that responsibility to keep carrying that torch from generations back for whatever that past generation went through. And I would never, ever minimalize that and would never ask you to forget and move on. Because I can appreciate the deep hurt 
that some of those things can cause you, even if it wasn't directly related to your life? I guess the question I would ask is, what kind of torch are you carrying? Are you carrying a torch that is going to light up the world for change? Or are you carrying a torch full of anger, hatred, hurt, and revenge? And what torch is going to bring about the change that you are wanting to bring to the world? Is it the torch that's going to light up the world in a positive way? Or is it the torch that's going to burn it down? Sometimes we feel like if we let go of the anger and hurt that we're feeling that we're forgetting and that we're forgiving. And that's not the case. I think you should feel the hurt and all of that that you need to get out. But then ask yourself, what's going to bring about the change I want to see? And maybe even more importantly, what would your ancestors say? Would they want you to make a positive change? A positive change for your generation and the generations to come. And what would that look like? And how can you do that? And I don't want to imply that letting go is easy because it's not. It's not easy to let go of a lot of these generational and societal labels and traditions that have been ingrained in us. It's not easy. But what I am saying is, again, just to look at the bigger picture and how are you going to bring about the change that you want to see? What does that look like? Because just one person can make such a huge impact, such a huge impact. One person can affect an an entire new generation. And then those generations will affect the next generations. It could be huge. And there's going to be people in society that are still going to have those prejudices and going to keep holding on to their generational baggage. You might not change everyone's mind. In fact, you're not going to change everyone's mind and you don't have to change everyone's mind. That's their own karma. So what's the karma that you're going to put out? If you're carrying that torch of hatred and hurt and you're waiting for whoever it is to come and throw a bucket of water on your torch and say they're sorry that they're going to change their ways. You might not get that. So you're just going to stay in that place of hatred and hurt. But what is that showing everyone around you? What is that showing that little child that's watching you? that little niece or nephew, that little child of yours, what is that showing them? Is it bringing about the change that you want to see in the world? Sometimes we're waiting for that apology or for someone to tell us, you know what, you were right. And we're just waiting for that. And we feel like we need that to move on, that we'll have some kind of validation. But it's just delaying the good that can happen. And you're giving someone else control of you and every positive thing that you could do in the world. You're allowing someone to slow that process of maybe what you were meant to do in this world. It's delaying your happiness. It's delaying your future. Who knows what it could be delaying because you're allowing someone or something to paralyze you. It's such a process to unravel a lot of that because we're talking about feelings and feelings are just an indicator of where we're at in life. So 
just analyze that and like I said, just ask yourself, is this the direction that you want to go? Is this the image of yourself that you want to portray to make the change that you are wanting to see? I think if you try and look at the bigger picture and make it bigger than yourself and just your little circle and actually see that you can make a big difference, I think that's a great start. So to change the subject just a tiny bit, I always like to give a little personal story about myself to kind of be more personable and authentic to you guys. Um, so one of the things that I had to analyze for myself when I got older was religion. I grew up Catholic and, you know, did all the baptism, catechism, all that good stuff. I got married in the Catholic church. So if you've ever been to a Catholic service, you know that it is very structured and traditional and you say a lot of the same things every service at the same time and you kneel here and you cross there and there's just so much and if you're like your first time in the catholic church you're going to feel totally lost and probably like you don't know what the heck you're doing you might even feel a little bit intimidated by all of it but since i grew up in the Catholic Church, I knew how to do all of the things, um, but it was very robotic. But I just remember also feeling um, kind of arrogant that I was Catholic and that I knew all these traditions and I, you know, would go to church and knew how to when to do what and say this and that. And then one day, I was thinking about. I think it was maybe Lent or something. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I started questioning it. Like, what's the meaning behind it? I don't even know why I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? If somebody asked me, I wouldn't know what to say necessarily. But it just looked cool that I was doing. Oh, I'm giving this up for 40 days. I'm, I'm sacrificing, you know, whatever. And and let's just make this clear. I'm talking about myself and I'm not saying that all Catholics are like this. I'm speaking about me. I'm being authentic about me and my experience. And so once I started kind of questioning those things, I didn't know why I was doing any of it. Why was I kneeling here? Why was I saying this? I didn't even know. I didn't know any of it because it was just ingrained in me. And so there was no spiritual meaning behind it. It was just that feeling of kind of robotic. This is what we do. And until I started analyzing it and I, you know, put that coat on, I put the Catholic coat on and I'm like, you know what? This doesn't fit me. This isn't my style. This isn't my color. This isn't me. I don't, this isn't fitting and so I made a change, you know, and I did some exploring with other religions after that. And, you know, I just kind of finally felt like I just needed to do what was right for me. I take a little from this and a little from that. And I just try and be a good person. And I, you know, try and be a light in the world as best I can. And, you know, I, I'm the first to say I could be wrong, but this feels right for me. And I don't want to judge anyone that that the Catholic Church or any other religion or any other spiritual practice feels good to them. Then great. It's not hurting me. So go for it. See if it fits. Wear the coat. It just wasn't right for me. And that's another generational stumbling block for a lot of people is religion. And you better follow what our family has taught you. You can't change that or you can't be a part of our family anymore. I mean, that's happened to people in my family. It's just a crazy thought. Like, how is disowning someone because of religion 
going to bring them around is going to bring that back around to where they're going to want to come back. It's ludicrous. I don't, I don't understand that. And they just disown people that don't believe what they believe. That just makes no sense to me. What kind of torch are you holding? You're burning it down. You're burning the relationship down. No one is going to want to come back around and join that church again with that kind of attitude. No one's going to be, want to be like you. You're judgmental. You're critical. You're pompous. Who wants to be like that? And that's what I had to look at in the mirror was I was critical, judgmental, and pompous. And I didn't want to be like that. So I made the change. And luckily, I wasn't disowned for doing that. So I was one of the lucky ones there. But I made the change because that's not who I wanted to be. That's not who, that's not the person I wanted to portray to the world at all. So that's my little personal story for this podcast. And I know I took on two subjects that you're told never to talk about at a party work or in public, probably race and religion. But I hope nobody felt judged. A lot of that was my own personal story and feelings. Um, And I always just want to bring food for thought. And like I always say, take what you need, leave what you don't. And I'm not going to be offended. I hope you're not offended. That is never, ever, ever my intention to judge or hurt anyone or to tell you what to do in any way. It's just food for thought. If it fits, the shoe fits, then wear it. If it doesn't, just keep on walking. And I'm totally okay with that. So again, take what you need, leave what you don't. Have a great week and don't forget to mind your own karma. We'll see you next time. much for listening to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast today. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a rating or a comment. It would help get the word out about this podcast and reach more people. You can click the subscribe tab to get notified of future episodes so you won't miss a thing. You can also find my Instagram and Facebook links below if you would like to follow me there as well. If you would like to send me a message, have an idea for an upcoming episode, or even think you or someone you know might be a great guest on the podcast, you can email me at mindyourownkarma at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.